0: to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast.
1: Oh yes, happy Thursday morning to you. We are here, we have gathered back. It is the Locks Podcast. You clicked on it because you want these locks. Come get these locks. Gentlemen, uh, Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons, how are we feeling today?
2: You know, I let the dogs out this morning to use the bathroom and it was very, very chilly and cold. It was only like 48 degrees this morning and I was excited about it. I was shivering and I was excited.
1: Hoodie weather has hit Chicago.
2: Hoodie weather's here, and hoodie weather means football is really here for, for good, and that got me feeling happy.
1: Barton Simmons, you're going to be our man on the scene at Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, how are you feeling? Have you readied your bi- your mind, your body, your picks?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, bad week for me last week. 0 for, 0 for 5. Um, and yet, you know what? I'm not panicking. Like, I... Feel free to jump off the the Barton train right now if you want to, but it was about this time last year where I went on a run where I didn't have a negative week the rest of the year. That's going to start this week. I loaded up the queue. Not a week I feel great about, (laughs) (laughs) but but I'm getting volume in there because I think if I just throw a lot of picks on the board, I'm going to hit more than I'm going to miss. I'm going to get back on track get this thing rolling so i'm, I'm ready I'm, i am ready to rebound
1: high volume shooter always uh always a fan of that okay to review from week four uh barton as you just mentioned uh tcu minus three that was a loss texas gets the straight up win oregon plus two i was right there with you barton we discussed it on the podcast already but uh the lock fight in this case goes to tom how do you feel about yes. that win
2: I mean, it was never in doubt. I'd do it all <laughs> along, and you know I was right. What can I say?
1: Uh, Wake plus seven and a half. I was also on that one. That one goes down. Pitt minus three and a half. Lock fight goes to Chip. It's the Tar Heels uh, get the straight up win against the Panthers at home. And Washington minus seventeen. That's a loss. Zero and five on the week. Uh, Ten and twelve for the season. Minus two net. Tom Frenelli, you got the Stanford minus two win as we mentioned. Uh, under fifty three in USC Wazoo comes crashing down in the second half. Um, did you did you feel good about that one early?
2: Yeah, I thought I was pretty safe. Yeah, I mean it was never it was never a sure thing, but it, it, the the first half went as I was expecting it to, and it felt it felt strong, and then pfft. yeah.
1: Uh, Troy minus six, that's a winner. Uh, Florida minus four and a half was uh, wrapped up by the end of the first quarter as fans were also leaving uh, Neyland Stadium by the end of the first quarter. Uh, Texas TCU under 48, a really pretty win there. Uh, Unders in the 40s for your shorties. Uh, Under 55, Bowling Green Miami, that's a loss. Was that a sweaty
2: loss? No, that was not a sweaty loss. That was a kick in the face loss that I'm still angry about. It's
1: because the that, un- under 58 Charlotte UMass was done early. That got out of hand quickly.
2: Yes. But yeah. Bowling Green Miami was 31-17 with less than a minute to go. Miami had the ball, and it just had to kneel. But instead, Miami scored a touchdown to make it 38-17, which gave me a push, but then Bowling Green got the ball back with 30 seconds left, got to midfield, threw up a Hail Mary, and caught a touchdown on the final play of the game to go over. <laughs> so I went from Miami just needing to kneel twice to losing in a matter of 34 seconds.
0: Yikes. Uh, uh, you know how we feel on that organ loss.
2: Or... At least that came in the normal course of play, though. That game Miami bowling green was over. Chuck Martin
1: was running up the score. Tom goes four and three for the week, plus one. Uh sixteen and thirteen for the season plus three. Uh Chip mentioned the Oregon plus two loss and uh, additionally in the bad beat department, Wisconsin, Iowa, under forty-three and a half. I was cruising. At twenty-one seventeen, Wisconsin was going to get this win in Kinnick Stadium. Uh, then the last touchdown pushes me over. Wake plus seven and a half never had a doggone chance. The second that Ian Book stepped out there to shred up a defensive to shred up a defensive backfield and get a defensive coordinator fired, so uh, that's how you know you've you've done well when you can get coaches fired before the end of September. Uh, but then collecting wins on UNC plus three and a half, NC State minus five. The under 56.5 in Miami FIU, the under 50 in Washington, Arizona State, and the under 77.5 in Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. That was a principal play. I did not realize uh, that I I had no idea that Texas Tech was going to win that game or win the game like that. Five and three on the week. Felt like I was really close to hitting a six and two or a seven and one, but just happy to be on the positive side of things. Net two for the week, 11 and 15 for the season, still bringing up the rear for the season at minus four.
0: Yeah, but what a, what, what a response by Chip. Bunch of lock fights out there. Throw eight games on the board or whatever it was and come out there and nearly go seven and one Uh that's hey man, tip of the tip of the old cap to you.
1: I appreciate it. And I needed to uh needed to get my swagger back, and this was this is where the ups and downs are gonna come. And uh we've already, just for pacing purposes, have have prepared for uh, prepared for another big week. Sounds like we all got about seven or eight logs to put on the fire. So uh are you guys ready to lock it up? I'm ready.
0: We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming.
2: Come get these locks,
0: five star master lock, lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point, every cover.
1: All right, uh, I'm I'm I guess I've got the honors as the uh, the week winner, and I've got a Thursday night play, so I want to get it out here early. We're gonna keep riding with the Tar Heels. I think 18 points is far too much for a series that. Uh, Miami, almost every single year that it plays North Carolina, has more talent. And many years is the better team. But for whatever reason, this series, since joining the ACC, is pretty much split. And I don't know if it's the ghost of Connor Barth or the ghost of Butch Davis or what. But even last year, when UNC was 3-9, and nine, this was a 24-19 game. This game is strange, 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 strange. Miami's on a short week. They've got the Florida State game coming up. I think Mark Richt with Nicosi Perry is the new starting quarterback. He just wants to get him some good work out there, keep everybody healthy, and that Miami staff is more than happy to ride uh, a 14, 10, 14, or 17-point win. And I think that North Carolina, again, for whatever reason, just plays Miami close. So as I uh, continue this theme that got me going in the right direction last week, as you pointed out on Twitter, Tom. I'm going to keep riding with the locals and uh, I'll take the Tar Heels plus 18.
0: Did North Carolina look better on offense last weekend?
1: They uh, were doing a better job of running the ball, but I also think some of that was Pitt's defense.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I like the pick simply because I always like underdogs in weeknight games, particularly three score underdogs. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a big believer in the weeknight under principle and. Technically, big dogs cover in games that stay under. So,
1: yeah, I just it, it seemed like too many. And this, this, the, like, these games are going to have like weird turnovers. And North Carolina does like Anthony Ratliff Williams is a very dangerous special teams player. If I can get like one defensive or special team score from North Carolina, I'll feel pretty good about them covering this spread.
0: Are you finding that? I, I, I almost, I'm only seeing 17 and a half. Is there an 18 somewhere? Ooh maybe it was I a mean, I'll give it to you got it it's, been, it's
1: 18 at bet online let's go I mean 17 and a half to 18 I hope that I'm not like setting myself up for a crushing loss but as long <laughs> right. as I'm as long as I'm north of 17 I'll take 17 and a half that's fair I
0: mean I'm a, I, take if it's out there to take, take it but I, uh, I, I think I, did I we pick it for that.
1: expert picks at 18 I wrote the preview yeah. for it so that's the only reason it, I had it on my pad I'll take it 17 it, and a half
2: it was at 18 this morning it's starting to go down hmm locked it up mm-hmm.
1: uh all right so let's go to tom what you got first one on the board
2: well i feel like i should start with like the only marquee game that i'm dealing with in any of my picks this week i'm gonna go with stanford notre dame the under 54 uh you know notre dame put any in book last week as you mentioned chip crushed wake forest got their defensive coordinator fired but It wasn't just the Notre Dame game that got the defensive coordinator fired. Wake Forest's defense has been bad all season long. Notre Dame was just the coup de grace on it. And I'm not convinced that Notre Dame's offense, which really struggled against Michigan, Ball State, and Vanderbilt, is suddenly fixed. I think they just ran into the right team, and they had a really great performance, and I think they're going to be better. But I still don't think the Irish have what I would call an explosive offense, even with Ian Book. And I look at Stanford— and this is a team that, you know, all offseason, it was Bryce Love, Heisman Hype, Bryce Love, Heisman Hype, but he's not their best player on offense and running the ball this year isn't what Stanford does best. They've been a better passing team than they have been a rushing team. In fact, Stanford is averaging three point six six yards per carry this season. That's one hundred and second in the country and Notre Dame. Pass defense-wise has actually been pretty strong. They've got a defensive pass efficiency of 100.45, which ranks 18th in the country. So I see Notre Dame being able to slow down Stanford's strength and having a good enough defense to at least keep love limited because Stanford just hasn't run the ball all that well to begin with. And I don't expect Notre Dame's offense is going to have nearly the same kind of success against a Stanford defense that it did against Wake Forest. So I really like the under 54 here. I'm expecting a game where both teams probably finish in the 20s. Do you have a pick on this game, Barton?
0: This was one of my. Do you have a pick on this game, Chip? I do. You go first.
1: Stanford plus five and a half. Okay. Built in very I mean, and and built into. I I probably could have tagged this with uh, the under as well because Tom, I, I see the game. I think uh, very similarly to you. I I wonder on a just sort of intangible standpoint. Uh, I see it break. there being a little bit of a fork in the road here for Stanford. Either they come into this game and a lot of the poor play that they showed against Oregon and they were able to kind of get away with with the late rally that, you know, maybe it ends up catching up to them. Or on the other side, whatever confidence you can gain from playing your B game or your C game and still being able to get a win – you know, listen. Going to Altson Stadium and to Notre Dame Stadium. If you come out with wins out of both those games, that's like that is an incredible feat for a college football team. I I think Stanford might be able to do it. And again, it's not because of Bryce Love, like you mentioned, Tom. I mean, I just I'm starting to get some some crazy KJ Costello, uh, some KJ Costello feelings right now, and I'm I don't know how to feel about it. But I haven't I haven't felt this way about a Stanford quarterback in a long time. And I don't know if, if I think that there's even a chance that Stanford can win this game. And if I agree with you, Tom, that I believe it's probably going to be decided in the 20s. If you're going to give me anything north of four, then I'm going to take that underdog.
2: Yeah, no, it's I agree with the logic for sure.
0: Yeah, this is one that was on like as as we opened up this call, I had Notre Dame minus five and a half. It's like the last game on my on my card. I've, I pulled it off as you were going through the introductions. And I was just playing. Like, I, I just can't get there. I, I'm, I'm tempted to pick Notre Dame because I do think – I said last week, like, if I had known Ian Book was going to be the starter against Wake, there's no way I'm taking Wake. It, it changes the team. It changes their – they're more fluid offensively. It's a less clunky operation. Uh, they're, they're more efficient in the pass game. They're just a better offensive team. And yet, I just th- – you know, five and a half is just – like if that's more of a three and a half line, even like I'm, I'm kind of tempted to go Notre Dame, but I just think five and a half feels like a lot of points for a team in Notre Dame that I haven't been able to trust. Uh, Stanford is sort of the I'm with you. in that like my gut tells me Stanford's the better team here, but I feel like Notre Dame's the right play. If that makes sense. I just can't, I can't get there to, to play it. So I'm, Long story short, Notre Dame has – I've missed on every Notre Dame pick I've played this year, so I'm going to stay away from this one and watch from the sidelines.
1: Uh, all right, Barton. So what you got for uh, for your first pick on the board?
0: Let's let's go weeknight game. Um, UCLA is going to Colorado. Um, and both these teams are coming off of bye weeks. Both these teams have some time to, to sort of get – Get things settled. I, I, I'm not. This isn't a play saying that UCLA is some, you know, lost cause, right? Like I know they're 0 and 3, but they've lost to a Cincinnati team that's better than people realize. They lost to obviously a really good Oklahoma team. They've lost to a good Fresno State team. So this isn't a, a some sort of layup. And I'm looking at 0 and 3, and I'm saying, oh, they, they can't handle a 3 and 0 Colorado. I just and, and you guys, I think, have caught this vibe for me. Like, I've, I've been a, a believer in Colorado since the beginning of the season. I think they're a pretty good football team. Uh, I think that this is a home game in a in a, what should be a good atmosphere. I think Steven Montez is a really good quarterback. Um, and I just think that this is a team that is probably two touchdowns better than UCLA right now. Um, and... In a in a home environment on a weeknight, uh, you know, Tom, you're saying you like underdogs on weeknights. I like home teams on weeknights, and I like Colorado to go ahead and give this one a 10-plus a point win. So I'm going to go Colorado.
1: I like it.
2: I don't hate it. I mean, UCLA has just been so, so bad.
0: And Colorado's a good football team. Colorado. Yeah. That's, that, see, that's my bet. Colorado is 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 not a, a mirage. Colorado is actually a good football team, and I actually think that there's going to be a point in this season where you where there's going to be value on UCLA because they're going to start improving, and 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 they're going to catch someone slipping, and they're going to be a better team. But I, and even though it's coming off a bye week, I'm just not ready to say this is that week where it happens.
2: Yeah,
1: I I don't I don't see it happening either. All right, Tom, what you got?
2: Okay, so now we get to the the nitty gritty. Although this game's still kind of, you know, it's it's still it's got some profile. I am taking TCU minus ten and a half against Iowa State. I as a as a better, what I like to do typically is I I always like looking for teams that are you know coming off of a rough stretch and people are getting kind of down on it. and that's exactly where TCU is right now they, they've lost their last two games once against Ohio State and Jerry World and last week against Texas but that, that loss against Texas last week was a bit misleading they lost by what 14 points but they had four turnovers in the game compared to none for Texas and those four turnovers obviously loomed large if not for them TCU probably ends up winning that game But more so than that, it's just, to me, Iowa State is a team this year that it's had a difficult road to get through so far, but it's also just kind of looked pretty mediocre. And, you know, especially compared to what maybe the expectations were for it after what they were able to pull off last season with those wins against TCU and Oklahoma. But for me, I look at the situation where TCU is a better team than Iowa State. It's got the motivation of having lost the last two and having its backs kind of up against the wall, particularly in the Big 12 it really can't afford another loss. And as I mentioned, Iowa State beat TCU last year, so there's the extra motivation of the revenge factor to get back on Iowa State for pulling off that win in Ames last season. So I like the Horned Frogs here. I'm a little scared of the hook. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not that scared of it.
0: Where are we what at? Are the, where, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, the— The reason I'm scared of this, and I kind of was, I toyed, I I considered and looked around at Iowa State in this one because one of the reasons, look, I think the Big 12 is just a scary conference, and I think that when you look, when I looked at that Texas-TCU game, you know, in a way, TCU is almost a better matchup for Ohio State in this sort of, like, let's get in a, Whose athletes are better type of matchup. Texas made that thing a little uglier. Like they, they kind of muddied it up and, and tried to turn it into a little bit more of a fist fight, a little bit more of a, let's see who's tougher. And, and I, in, in a way, I feel like that, that didn't play the TCU strength quite as much. And Iowa state's going to try to do that. And so that's why I'm a little bit scared of this game. I, you know, I like it that it's home for TCU um, coming off a couple of, you know, One game that was practically a, a road game at its own state against Ohio State and then a, a true road game at Texas, which was a good atmosphere. Um, so they'll come back to the friendly confines. And for that, I'm, you, know, I, I, you know TCU may be the right play here. But I, I am very nervous betting against a Matt Campbell team in an underdog role. Uh, I just think this is a pretty good team. I don't, I don't
1: have a good feel for Iowa State yet. Why is that?
2: Uh, well, they had their one game canceled and they've played, no, they've, they played Oklahoma and it's really hard to, you know, I don't know. who, who have they played? I can't even remember they off played, the top of my head. Have they, they played they, Oklahoma?
0: They, Iowa? They, yeah. They, they, played our, they played Oklahoma, played them close, lost by 10. So yeah. They, they lost a
2: kind to of 13 to
0: three game to Iowa and then they beat Akron by 13 points. So it's a very in like indecisive, unclear resume. Um, this, is, I, this will be a good good litmus test
2: and kind of like what you alluded to earlier i feel like that's kind of what the entire big 12 is right now like I, I look at the big 12 for the most part at the moment and i see oklahoma and then everybody else is kind of like a shrug like i don't know yeah <laughs> they might be good they might suck i don't know
1: uh but i do like tom going with uh with with trying to uh play the marketplace and play some perception because i mean that's what you get with tom Fernelli the SportsLine expert because Tom Furnelli you can go find his picks not only here on the Locks podcast but also on SportsLine and in fact you could sign up for SportsLine right now and use the promo code kickoff and you could get that first month of SportsLine for just $1 and Tom who by the way is on what uh what kind of streak are you on right now Tom in college football
2: uh in college football I'm 22 and 10 in my last 32 picks so plus 11 or Plus 11 units.
1: He's plus 11 units in his last 32 picks in college football. You gotta sign up for that right now. And also he absolutely crushed the MLB to the tune of plus 1450 units this season. Sportsline members get access to over 20 expert handicappers premium picks, next level fantasy advice, advanced computer simulations, hugely profitable DFS lineups, and the ability to enter members only contests like the NFL Pick'Em we're running right now, which awards a Free trip to Vegas and a 2019 Super Contest entry—that is a value of over four thousand dollars and so much more. So sign up for Sportsline right now into promo code Kickoff. When you do, and you will get your first month of Sportsline for just one dollar, and then you'll be able to make it rain. Thanks to Tom's picks.
0: <laughs> so I just realized the, the why you picked the Make It Rain song uh, because he makes it rain with you know making you money i was thinking you picked it because he's like the weather guru and when he sniffs sniffs out a good like rain game he could he could capitalize
1: (laughs) oh that's that well that's a great call also that do we have any It tom are are there any uh weather related picks on the board
2: um not white at the moment although i will say it's it's not a lock and maybe you guys will bring it up later right now forecasts are calling for some cold and windy action in kansas on saturday morning against oklahoma state so that is something to keep an eye out there's going to be winds throughout the midwest apparently this weekend but we'll see what kind of impact they have or if they actually show up
1: check back closer to game time because as we've said forecasts do change the weather uh barton you're up
0: all right, um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one that I better get out of the way early in the in the show before I get cold feet and back out. I'm gonna go Ole Miss plus eleven and a half on the road against LSU. This it, it, it feels a little bit like you know I'm I'm I just feel a little bit. No, hey, dude, no, lock,
1: ag- lock agreement. Lock agreement. I'm with you. Keep going. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I'll let <laughs> you go first.
0: All right. All right, good. Well, that's – so here's where I'm at. I mean, like Ole Miss, you know, you look at what happened against Alabama and everyone sort of writes them off as this bad football team. Um, I think we're going to get reminded that this is still a really good offense – And they've looked really good throughout the year with the exception of that um, Alabama game. You know, this is a team that beat a Texas Tech team that's suddenly looking like sort of a darling. Um, I I think Ole Miss is – there's going to be a point when when Ole Miss sneaks up on somebody and and gives somebody trouble. And LSU is a team – that is probably a little bit overvalued at this point. Um, I know I, they've got two good wins, um, but those two good wins are—you know—there was they're turnover-aided, special teams-aided. Um, last week, LSU wasn't all that sharp against Louisiana Tech. You know, I, I just think that this is a spot that Ole Miss comes in. Everybody's doubting them. Nobody thinks they can hang with Big Bag at LSU. Uh, and and that offense goes and really really gives LSU some problems. Um, and I don't think that they've, they've they've not faced a team that can throw the ball like this yet. So I, I'm just gonna sort of roll the dice here and say this is that spot that uh, that Ole Miss comes in and 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 uh, kind of reemerges as a team that people are, are are worried about again.
1: I am worried that uh, that our our time is dwindling to cash in on Ole Miss. I do kind of want to go ahead and, and run and, and get some of that while I can. I see, based on what we saw uh, last week against Louisiana Tech, an LSU team that, as you mentioned, like can, can seems to be able to turn it on and turn it off. And the problem or the difference here is that Ole Miss, unlike Louisiana Tech, if LSU turns it off for a play, can turn it into a touchdown. And these games sometimes have a tendency to be weird. And recently, LSU has kind of owned the edge here. I think that they've won their last two games by more than uh, two touchdowns or right around there. So I am uh, a little bit nervous about playing it. But I I like the idea that in this game, you are basically thinking that LSU has so many bigger players uh, monsters and tougher opponents and, and bosses and levels that it still has to beat this season, particularly after those two wins with the expectations totally changing. It just, it wouldn't surprise me if this is a game that makes LSU fans sweat a little bit more than they'd like to. Of course, not, this, we'll go ahead.
0: Well, this, this is a different kind of test than LSU has faced and there's an assumption that LSU can just gobble this test up and and no problem. And I I'm just you know let's let's see it. I, I I'm not saying LSU's not going to win this game, but I think Ole Miss is is going to um is is going to going to play somebody really close into the wire. And this is this seems like as good a spot as any to for that uh, for that spot to happen.
1: All right, so uh, to review real quick, uh, Barton is on Colorado minus nine and a half, Ole Miss plus eleven and a half. Chips on UNC plus eighteen, Stanford plus five and a half, Ole Miss plus eleven and a half. Tom, you're on the under fifty four in Stanford Notre Dame, TCU minus ten and a half. Tom, back to you.
2: Uh, for my next pick, we are going to go with a nice little Big Ten rock fight. I am taking the under fifty one and a half in Rutgers Indiana. Oh, yep. Yeah. Sometimes you know you sometimes you just <laughs> want to rely on average to bad offenses continuing to be average to bad, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. Indiana right now is ranked 66th in the country at .38 points per play. Rutgers ranks 114th at .231 points per play, and even that number is a little misleading because we have to remember, Rutgers somehow managed to score 35 points in a game. Of course, it came against Texas State, but that really threw it off, and Rutgers has only scored 30 points the last three weeks, and that includes games against Kansas and Buffalo. So, I'm relying on Indiana his offense to continue being mediocre rutgers to continue being awful and i think that the only thing that's really going to cost me an under here is if art sitkowski starts getting pick six happy as he's been prone to do and we get a defensive touchdown or two that could kill me but unless that happens i think the under 51 and a half is pretty safe
0: so you're not worried that an indiana team that's you know, scored 38 points at FIU and 38 against Ball State. And, you know, worried that the same Rutgers defense that gave up 55 to Kansas might just give up 50 plus to to IU as well. No. Okay. All right. Barton. Just a little cross examination, just, <laughs> just make sure.
2: And sure. this is a road game in the Big Ten. It's a boring early morning road game. So it's. I mean, Ball State was at home, FIU was on the road, yes, but FIU, it's FIU, not exactly the most stalwart defense in the country to this point, as Miami showed last week as well. I just... Indiana's offense has scored points against those teams, but it was because they had the ball so often and for so long.
1: All right. All right, uh, Barton, back to you.
0: All right, where do I want to go here? Um, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go ACC for this one. Uh, I'm gonna lay six and a half points and pick Florida State over Louisville. Are, I, I, are you sure you want to watch that game? Who <laughs> said I wanted to watch it? I'm just <laughs> gonna watch the score tracker. No, I'm I'm still fascinated. Yeah, by, by by this Florida State team, and 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 this is like this is a this is a week of scaries, man. Like these, these are. I after last week, you know, there's. I got to really, really make some hard choices. It's kind of like Dabo Sweeney made a hard choice t- taking Trevor Lawrence and 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 starting. Was it him.
2: that hard?
0: <laughs> well, it's hard when now he's finding out his Kelly Bryant's gone. Uh, <laughs> but I got to make some hard choices, and I understand it's 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 like a little bit scary to pick Florida State, but my hunch is that Florida state is going to start getting better with a new coach. Um, This with, with Louisville, they don't even really know who their quarterback is. They've got the same coach who has, you know, it appears has had some of the shine that's, that's rubbed off him was, was sort of masked by what Lamar Jackson did. Um, The defense hasn't been good. They've just been sloppy. And, I think Florida State is going to keep getting better, and we still believe in the personnel. I do, and I still believe in the defense. And I, I, I mentioned last week that I like Virginia. That was one of those games. Like last week was one of these these weeks where I'm looking at the games like before they kick, and I'm like, why didn't I pick this one? And then there's all these games I did pick that lost. I didn't like. And so last week was one I, I liked Virginia against Louisville. And before Louisville gets to be, you know, t- too expensive of a team to fade, I'm going to fade it one more time. While there's a little value on Florida State and a little value fade in Louisville, I'm going to take Florida State's land under a touchdown. Uh, I think that they they win easily.
1: Um. Well, hold on, hold on. I I don't disagree with the pick because it is very possible the Cardinals are terrible, like the worst team in the ACC. But is it possible for Florida State to win easily right now?
0: It is possible. Yeah. Okay. It is. And now look, I, I get it. I get it. There's there's a lot of reservation right now. And this maybe this is just a you know, there's a lot of reservation about Florida State, and there's no there's not a lot of reason to be optimistic. But they still have guys that can make one person miss and go the distance. Um, and I think that that's a program that's had to look internally and figure out how to how to hide their offensive line issues a little bit, how to not leave their left tackle on an island. You know, how to what can they do to to and then I think that look, they they moved the ball, they scored against a pretty good Northern Illinois defense and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang my hat on that and expect them to continue to get better.
2: And how good was Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah it
0: kind of puts like seeing
2: watching louisville this year kind of puts lamar jackson's career in like you know in a stronger context
0: well y'all remember like the heisman trophy season part of the reason he was so good was because louisville's offensive line was was so so bad bad that it was just like (laughs) it gave him so many opportunities to just make guys miss and do crazy stuff and it's it's almost like he was the perfect guy for a terrible team because it just it's just chaos, and he just makes the most of it. So I don't think they have that, uh, that safety blanket anymore, so I'm going to go with Florida State.
1: Um, you mentioned – I'm going to keep it in the ACC. Uh, I'm not going to be taking Duke to cover. Uh, that makes me far, far too nervous. But combining uh, something that Tom has thrown out a lot, Virginia Tech ACC unders – along with the kind of game that I'm expecting. I'm going to go Virginia Tech-Duke under 50. Uh, This is a a game that I I still think Duke wins. And Virginia Tech certainly is in a a world of, you know, just in free fall right now from, you know, where certainly you came out of the the Florida State game with, with one opinion of what the Hokies could be. And that has been changed. We've covered that a lot this week on the podcast. But to even see the Hokies being more than a field goal underdog against a Duke team that while it has a fantastic defense, I would say probably one of the better defenses in the division, uh, it's still on its backup quarterback. Its offense like slowly but surely kind of uh, duct tapes things together with a little bit of a ground game in the short passing game. And so... I don't know. I just don't see a lot of points being scored here. I see both of these defenses playing really, really well, and I don't think that we're going to see seven combined touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, give me that under 50, Virginia Tech and Duke.
2: I am always in favor of Virginia Tech under.
1: In ACC play.
2: In ACC play. Well, I mean, just just in general, but especially
0: in ACC play. Uh,
1: Ryan Willis. Barton, what do we know about Ryan Willis?
0: former kansas quarterback uh nothing exciting but capable that's about all i got for you on ryan willis yeah i think no longer at kansas so that's a
1: good (laughs) i think i think let me let me take my boy drew jordan to have a have a big game uh a sack and a half and three tfls that's that's the that's the bold individual duke prop
2: that you're gonna get from me all right let's go back to you tom Okay, so for my next pick, I am going to go with Oklahoma State minus 17 at Kansas. It's, you know, there's not a ton of
1: buying on bad news, basically.
2: Yeah, it's, and buying on, you know, people probably being higher on Kansas than they should be because, you know, this is, Kansas is two and two, okay? But that's, I think it's a little misleading because it beat Rutgers. And it crushed Rutgers, and that seemed like a bigger deal at the time until Rutgers then went and got crushed by Buffalo at home as well. So, And it's not to knock Buffalo, but still, it's just Rutgers is really bad. And then it also beat Central Michigan, who is also 1-3, and, and its one win came last week in like a 17-5 to game against Maine. And so Central Michigan is bad. This is still the same Kansas team that lost to Nichols. And, you know, Oklahoma State, I understand that it lost last week. Texas Tech defense— came through, and that's a weird thing to say. But I still think that this Oklahoma State team is a team that is light years ahead of Kansas on offense and on defense. And just seeing how Kansas struggled against Baylor, who, you know, is also the same Baylor that lost to Duke without Daniel Jones, I think that this is if had Oklahoma State won last week, maybe Kansas covers the spread. But with Oklahoma State coming off a loss I think this is going to be somewhat of a beat down. It's, it's minus it's 17. I think it, the spread should honestly be more in the negative, you know, the minus 20 and a half, minus 21 range. And I think Oklahoma State is going to win by like 25 or more. So I, I feel really comfortable with Oklahoma State minus 17 here.
0: Lock agreement. Woo! Love it. Um, I, I got a little bit scared when you started hinting at some crosswinds uh, or, or at least wins earlier in this, this show here. Uh, and so glad to know that doesn't have you concerned. But I, I I agree. Like, this is another one. Again, I looked last week as the games were sort of starting to kick. I looked at Baylor and, and, uh, and Kansas, and I'm like, what what was I thinking? Why did I not play this? And, again, this was before the game of kick. Like, there, Kansas isn't that good. Why is there only a touchdown dog to, to Baylor? And – Sure enough, Baylor beats them easily. This is there. There's there's still a little bit of an overreaction to Kansas winning a couple games. This is still a bad team. Um, and I got talked to uh I talked to someone at Rutgers, uh, uh, you know, not long after they lost to Kansas, and you know they're sort of talking about what they, you know, what they did wrong, and and I was like, yeah, Kansas, you know, they they. Looks like they're maybe turning things around or something. And he was like, well, hold up. Like, I wouldn't go overboard. We're just not that good right <laughs> now. Uh, and so, like, I just think this Kansas team is still a long way away from being, a, a you know, under three touchdowns to, to Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State comes out and, and makes a statement here uh, with a smooth win, even on the road. Just give me the – uh, lay the points. I'll take the, the, the Cowboys.
1: Oklahoma State, you know Tom. For for a league that we shrug a lot at, you do have uh, some Big Twelve on your sheet this week.
2: I'm I'm making it. I'm declaring a stance. Put it that way.
1: You declare. You make. You're making principal plays.
2: Yeah, it's not not even principal. It's just I don't know, but I think I know this. Okay, um, I'm going to take it
1: out to the Pac-12, and I just I'm not. I am not at a point. Where even given their struggles, even given their inconsistencies within the ups and downs of a game, I'm going to make a really, really dumb decision and I'm going to take USC to cover three and a half points as a road favor to Arizona. I don't think it's dumb. But doesn't doesn't the hundred degrees at kickoff Pac-12 after dark? Doesn't this set up for the one game that Arizona is going to really be able to hang its hat on for Kevin Sumlin this year? Uh, no. Why am I calling this a lock? What this is a lock? USC yeah. <laughs> minus three and a half. USC is a better football team. Arizona is in the bottom tier of this division. USC is probably still the best team in this division. I'm going to go with the Trojans. I think that they are a touchdown better than Arizona, and I'm willing to risk it even in this dangerous, dangerous Pac-12 after dark territory.
2: Yeah, I, I love JT Daniels and what he's shown so far. I just wish USC would commit to running the ball more because yeah. I feel like if that team just ran the ball and stuck with it, they wouldn't be having they, they – they'd be better than everybody they're playing for the most part. And it's like they give—they have points like in the first half of their games where they're running the ball and the offense looks fantastic and then they just start getting pass-happy and start running into problems. And it's like, why do you keep doing this?
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I – uh, to that point, Tom, you know, they've – where USC is, I, I think, where their weakness is, is a line of scrimmage on offense Um and – and and a little bit like they they I don't think they're playing as, as nasty in the trenches as you'd like on defense too, and so I think when they run up against a really physical football team like they did against against Texas and to a certain degree against Stanford they struggle I don't think that's what what Arizona is and so I think the USC should be able to if they're going to play in a you know let's let's use athletes are better kind of game USC I think should win that one so I I I considered this one with you chip uh but i'm tired of like staking my entire professional reputation on this usc team Uh, (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm gonna get off this train uh and just watch from the sideline but i I do think usc probably wins it
1: yeah it's arizona right there's no way this arizona defense is not gonna give up like three touchdowns to usc's freaks that's just that's that's what i keep playing in my head and so I'll, i'll i'll take that uh, before we get any farther, we have not mentioned the Ohio state Penn state game, but I feel like as the biggest game of the weekend, uh, it does deserve some mention how I've, I've got no strong lockish feelings on this one. And I'm guessing that since it hasn't been mentioned, y'all don't either. So how, what's, what's the handicappers view of this game?
2: Uh, I'm. I don't have it as a lock. I I had to include it in my my column this week. I'm leaning towards Ohio State minus three and a half. And my lean for it is based simply on the fact that I don't really trust Penn State's defense right now. I saw this is a team that, especially its run defense, it completely shut down Kent State, held it to 41 yards on 37 carries. But against Appalachian State, Pitt and Illinois, Penn State's giving up 5.5. or five yards per carry which would rank 114th in the country at the moment and that's a concern going against an offense that's as good as ohio state even if ohio state has been more of a passing team to this point it still has jk dobbins it still has an explosive offense and then just trend wise ohio state's done really well as a road favorite since 2008 the buckeyes have been favored on the road 38 times they've gone 22 15 and one against the spread and against ranked teams like penn state they're five two and one against the spread as road favorites so when I look at the, the concerns I have with Penn State's run defense and those trends, I am I'm, I lean more Ohio State than I do Penn State at this point. But that said, I can't lock it up because I'm, I don't have that much confidence in it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I lean Penn State because, I mean, in part, this is just Penn State, Happy Valley, Whiteout games, it's a little bit like Kinnick Stadium at night. You know, you just – there's just something about that atmosphere that makes them really tough. I mean, they've had a lot worse teams and a lot bigger mismatches talent wise than this. Take Ohio state to the wire or beat them. Um, And I think that, you know, you can look at it both ways. Like you can look at it like they've won those games in the past based on some sort of fluky block kicks and, and, or, or, you know, and, and sort of, they've been, they've been outgained and they've, um, and there's just sort of the the craziness of those games have been what sort of kept them close. But you know, you could also look at it in the sense that the craziness of those games is sort of inspired or 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 um, activated by that atmosphere. And so I, I I I think Penn State is also a team that has a little less, a little more youth early in the season, a little more inexperience that will keep getting better. I think this is a Trace McSorley moment to, sh- to sort of take, you know, insert himself into some Heisman conversation. Um, I don't feel good about it. I, it's not a lock. But I lean home field advantage and taking the points for Penn State. I could see this being an Ohio State win by three points or something. Um, so, I, you know, give me, you know, let me get inside that number. But I, not something I'm confident with at all.
1: And uh, you're going to be able to see Barton Simmons. He will be on the scene at Happy Valley. Uh, CBS Sports HQ, he will be the the on-scene reporter. I'm sure we'll be checking in pregame, postgame, maybe even get you a little halftime on the field. And you can watch it on CBS Sports HQ. Hey, Chip, what's CBS Sports HQ? Well... Listener, CBS Sports HQ is an all-new 24-7 streaming sports network. It cuts through the noise, and it gives you straight news, highlights, and expert analysis from all major sports so that you can get smarter faster. For real sports fans who care about the data, take that for data. Stats and what happened in the game, stream CBS Sports HQ any time of day on your Roku, Amazon Fire TV Apple TV, iPhone, Android phone, or online at cbssportshq.com. You don't need a cable TV subscription, so if you're a cord cutter, this is the way you've got 24-7 streaming sports news, free 99 and on Saturday mornings from 11 to noon, you can get the sports line edge for all the latest updates and picks for, if you're a college football fan. And if you're an NFL fan, fantasy football today, Monday through Friday at noon. And then again, fantasy football today, Sundays at 10 a.m. so that you can get the last minute tips for your fantasy lineup. It's CBS sports HQ on any of your connected device or at CBS sports Let's go Barton. All
0: right, I'll stay Pac-12 with you, Chip. Um, I'm going to go – I may be a week late on this, but I'm going to take the points against Washington. BYU plus 17.5. I feel a little bit like, you know, average Joe on this one. I'm not sure if I'm missing something. I know BYU would like typically that should raise an antenna when a ranked team is a 17 and a half point underdog. Um, and, and last week was, I thought an opportunity, I I laid the, the 18 points last week against Arizona state for Washington and that didn't work out for me. So, you know, maybe I'm just doing this a week later and I should have, um, and Washington catches up to me, but I just don't see it. I don't understand this line. BYU is they the the offense is the type of offense that can steal yards with the jet sweep game. They're a totally they're a much more physical brand of football than they were last year. It's just a different team. It's a team that plays with edge. I think that they're gonna like the, just the fact that they're this big underdog is going to be. I think really motivational for them that, you know, their type of team, I think that feeds off of that type of thing. Uh, I just think that they're good enough and confident enough and, and, and know their identity enough to where this is not going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be a close game. I think Washington still wins it, but BYU is not a fluky top 25 team right now. I I think, you know, they, they, they played Wisconsin's brand of football and went in their house and beat them. And I think that they keep, this within the number of 17 and
2: a half i like i like that pick it's a weird line i agree i mean because if you look at what washington has done this season i mean it beat north dakota by 42 but other than that it lost to auburn by five it beat utah by 14 and last week it beat arizona state by seven this isn't a team that to this point has shown the ability to blow teams out and i feel like with byu even if it's you know not like a top 10 or top 15 team, I'm not in a position where I'm really ready to call washington 17 points better than byu now maybe home field advantage gives them that but i don't know this is also a washington team that's one and three against the spread so it's like when i see them with that record against the spread and how they've won games it's i i understand completely why it's really hard to trust them with that spread against a team that's played as well as byu to this point
0: and i think we made some preseason assumptions with washington that may not have been true and and by we i think like the collective national college football narrative Washington is a good team, but this might not be a dominant Washington team like people assumed it would be.
1: Uh, and to your point, even on the, if you pair this with a, an analysis, what's this total at? Like 47 or 48? Any yeah. time that you can get a three score underdog with a low total like that, you're basically asking yourselves, do you think BYU will score seven to 10 points? And if the answer to that is yes, if, if you think they're even going to score 14, then yeah, absolutely. I mean this Barton, I like this pick. It didn't end up making it onto the fire. I just had too many logs, but uh, I was, I was circling this one for a long time. And if any listeners are able to catch it on the North side of 17, I would definitely recommend it. Tom.
2: Okay. So I'm going to go to the sec for this one. I am taking South Carolina plus one and a half at Kentucky. Mm. I am. I am buying the market correction.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This is just a situation where Kentucky is beating Florida, legit. Last week it beat Mississippi State, and it was a game also, you know, in a in a cold, muddy, wet conditions. And as we've seen many times, weather can be a great equalizer in the sport of football. And I think that may have been part of the case last week. And I just look at this matchup. I, th- you know, South Carolina opened as a favorite it was a one point favorite in most spots and the line moved shortly after the poll rankings came out and Kentucky had that magic number 17 next to its name. And that tends to happen a lot with public teams when people see, you know, like the hot new shiny team of the moment. And I think Benny Snell is awesome. And I think that he is the entirety of the Kentucky offense for the most part. And I think that South Carolina defensively will must champion just with what they have on defense they'll be able to figure out a way to not stop Benny Snell, but at least limit him and force the rest of the Kentucky offense to, you know, figure out a way to score consistently and move the ball consistently. And I just don't know that Kentucky is capable of doing that. So I I'm taking South Carolina. I think they're going to win outright. So if you want to give me points, I'll take them.
0: I had a really hard time with this one. I, I, I agree that South Carolina and, and, Another one that hindsight 2020 like that I I really wish I trusted more last week, South Carolina against Vanderbilt. Um, But I think Kentucky is really good. And and what worries me about taking South Carolina here, and again, I'm not saying I lean Kentucky either. I I was just sort of very up in the air on this game. It interests me. It scares me to take to pick against Kentucky in another uh, home game at night in Kroger Field. You know that that place is that place gets rocking a little bit lately, and I think Kentucky's like I do think Kentucky is is objectively a good team. It's I don't think that they're just sort of sort of like a uh, a product of circumstances or something. I think they're a good team, and so I actually played this one, but I'm gonna play the under on it. Ooh! Uh, I I felt like. 51 was I was surprised it was that high neither of these teams this is going to be sort of you know the SEC is is turning a little bit more into the modern new school you know people throwing it around you know a lot of really good quarterback play this is going to be kind of old school SEC I think just two teams trying to sort of line up and say who's going to be more physical and Kentucky doesn't want to throw it at all. I mean, if they if they run it sixty five times and that's it, that's a that's a win for them. Um, and I think South Carolina is is you know they they'll play with some tempo and they'll throw it around a little bit, but ultimately, I, I think that this is going to be a game that's played a little bit slower. Uh, and I don't and I think both these are good defenses. I, I just that felt like a valued number at fifty one, so I'm going to take under. 51 Kentucky South Carolina
1: nice I like it uh I just I mean Barton we don't get we don't see a lot of total plays from you
0: yeah there's not many and usually when I play a total I like going over and so you know this is again tough decision week for me tough decision I'm making, I'm making week. hard decisions
1: uh, I'm gonna keep it in the SEC tough decision but Mississippi State Minus seven and a hook that terrifies me, but I'm going to take it anyway. I think too much is being made over whatever knowledge Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham might have for this uh, this Mississippi State team. I think that there is an advantage with Mississippi State's defensive line against Florida's offensive line, and I think that there's got to be a get-right game or some kind of bounce back after the stinker That the Bulldogs just laid in Lexington and a lot of that was Kentucky, but a lot of that was Mississippi State cowbells clanga Nick Fitzgerald got to play better and I cannot say that Florida's defense has been all that impressive this season. I think that there are going to be opportunities for big plays to be had and this Joe Moorhead offense, I think, will have a will be able to really get its rhythm back after getting bottled up by Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's defense is for sure to this point in the season has played better than Florida's, and so the with with having the home field advantage, going up against an opponent that is uh, that is not as difficult to score on, I think that Mississippi State is able to use this game to find its footing once again. Because if not, then what what are we even doing here with Mississippi State? You know. So if if you believed in the Bulldogs, then this is another spot where I think they should win this game by ten to fourteen points.
2: Yeah, this this was nearly a lock for me as well. It 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 hit the cutting room floor, but to go along exactly with what I was talking about with in the South Carolina Kentucky game, I feel like people are overreacting to Mississippi State's loss to Kentucky and a game in the rain that kind of equalized things and are overreacting to Florida crushing a horrible Tennessee team. So right now 77% of the money's on Florida. So if if you are going to take Mississippi State, I would advise maybe waiting a little bit because that hook might be gone by the time the game kicks off. Mm.
0: All right, uh Tom uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm in lock agreement here. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so the, this was... I have like... I have like seven games. I can't remember how many numbers I have. I've been deleting them as I go. And this was the one on the outside that I was sort of toying with. I think I'm going to play it. And I just... I, I want to play Mississippi State. I want to. And that number, just seven and a half, felt a little bit too big. But I just... I'm with you, Chip, and you, Tom, and I think Joe Moorhead sort of comes back with a vengeance and puts together a really good game plan. Uh, Kentucky beat Florida by by out-physicaling them. I think Mississippi State can out-physical Florida too. I'm going to take Mississippi State minus 7.5. This is a tough decision week. Another tough decision. I'm going to make it.
1: Yeah, I don't think Florida's defense intimidates me at all.
2: No, I'm not intimidated by Florida. Yeah. I mean, it gave up like 20-something points to Tennessee, for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jeez. Uh, all right, Tom, back to you. All right, now we're getting to what everybody came for. For my next pick, I am taking the under 61 in Louisiana, Monroe, Georgia State. Mm. Uh, I, if uh, Here's how I'll explain it. Uh, Louisiana Monroe ranks 103rd in the country in points per play at .283. Georgia State ranks 121st in the country at .211. These are two offenses that have struggled to put up points all season long, at least efficiently, and now they're being asked to put up more than a point per minute in a football game against one another, and I don't see it happening. So under 61, ULM, Georgia State, lock it up. I
1: mean I would I'm never
0: I've zero to ask <laughs> that. <laughs>
1: Who am I to stand in the way of Tom Fernelli and a uh, sunbelt under? Not me. You wouldn't catch me doing that. Uh do you have another do you have another one in that vein? Yes. Let's go.
2: <laughs> another sunbelt under in Yeah. fact. A sunder. <laughs> 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 Arkansas State, Georgia Southern, under 54 and a half. I always like looking for option teams and unders anyway, so Georgia Southern is that, and that helps. But it's also helping that the same stat I just mentioned for ULM and Georgia State, Arkansas State ranks 106th in the country in points per play at point two seven and 0. Georgia Southern is slightly better at 80th at .339, but again, it's an option offense. It's an offense built on controlling the ball, controlling the clock, and bleeding seconds and minutes off the clock while putting together long scoring drives. So even though Georgia Southern scores more efficiently as far as per play is concerned, it also is much more efficient at burning clock per play. So 54 and a half, just a bridge too far for these two teams to reach. I love the under at Arkansas State, Georgia Southern.
1: That's, I mean, that's just beautiful. That's 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 what you. That's what the listeners come for. Forget, I've, forget an Ohio State, Penn State thoughts. No, the Sunders are where it's at. Thunder, <laughs> uh, Barton.
0: Um. So, all right, I'm gonna go. This is about as close as I get. Uh, that's sort of tangentially related to uh, to any of Fernelli's Sunders Southern Miss played ULM earlier this year Southern Miss is now playing a team. I'm more uh, more comfortable picking with um, In Auburn their Southern Miss is 27 point underdogs Southern Miss is not bad Southern Miss is not good but Auburn is a little bit misleading right now There's some concern right now in my opinion with Auburn and and They'll win this game, but you know how many yards Auburn of offense Auburn had against Arkansas it was like two hundred and fifty. Yeah, not many. Two hundred and twenty-five yards.
2: Jeez. Yeah, I'm, Arkansas outgained Auburn and still failed to manage to cover a thirty-point spread.
0: Yeah, so you look at a thirty-four to three win against Arkansas, and you're like, oh man, Auburn's still rolling. But it's like it's not; things aren't looking right and so I, I, auburn will win you know they they win 31 to 10 or something like that but the 27 and a half points they're laying is is more than i'm comfortable with so i'm going to take southern miss you know they they're, they're going to be gassed up for this thing they'll they'll, they'll cover
1: all right we're going to Lubbock,
0: West Virginia, Texas Tech. Well, this is ballsy of to, you to, to dive into this thing. I can't wait to hear what this pick is.
1: Going back to 1938 for the first meeting between these two teams when it was Pete W. Cawthon and Dr. Marshall, Little Sleepy Glenn. That one went under. In 2012, that one went under this number. 2013, that one went under this number. 2014, that was under 75. 15, under 75. 16, under 75. Last year, not the case. It was 81. But I'm thinking that this is a perception play. I think Texas Tech's defense and West Virginia's defense are both better than what the average better would think. And while Dana Holgerson and Cliff Kingsbury certainly could... Uh, be the kinds of coaches that let this thing get loose. After hitting on my unders in the 70s in the Big 12 last week, I'm going to keep the train riding with Texas Tech. And I, I'm i really, really excited for this game. I kind of wanted to make a West Virginia play, but got scared off of it. I lean West Virginia, but I, I think that we see a very good competitive game that ends up getting decided uh, like... 35 31 and uh, under 75.
0: I love that I love your pick here. Because everyone looks at it and they say West Virginia Texas Tech and they see points and they say you know Daniel Holgerson and Cliff Kingsbury and and yeah you, you know you just you, you just assume that this is going to be a shootout but the, the the reason these two teams are good this year the reason that they both look like they're they're dangerous in the Big Twelve, is because they're they're finally playing good defense. Tony Gibson, like that's that's not new for West Virginia. He's had them playing defense two of the last three years, um, but they're back this year. Texas Tech, David Gibbs has been working towards this for a few seasons now, and they're they're finally starting to break through there. So I, I'm I'm not going to piggyback it, but I, I really like the the thinking on this one. Uh, I, I like where your heads at.
1: Tom, are you done?
2: I am done. Barton, are you done?
0: Uh, It's it's tough decision week, and 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 in honor of tough decision week, I'm going to make one more really tough decision. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go Cal plus two and a half. Wow. I I don't I I don't I'm not enjoying this. You know I'm not Dabo Sweeney didn't enjoy City down with Kelly Bryant and having that conversation. That wasn't a fun afternoon for Dabo Sweeney. I, I, it pains me to make this pick because I believe heavily in Justin Herbert. I believe heavily in Oregon's offensive line. And yet, I think this is the right play. I wish this number was a little bigger. I would mind it being something like five and a half or something like that. But Oregon coming off an emotional loss Where they really should have beaten Stanford at home, going on the road against Cal, who's coming off a bye week, who is unbeaten, who plays good defense, who has a quarterback that's surging and Chase Garber, who, and Oregon is sandwiching this game before a showdown with Washington. I, I just think that this is a spot Cal should take advantage of i'm i'm scared of it but this tough decision week and in order to, to wash the oven five off out of my mouth I'm, I'm playing it and uh and um you know what we'll, we'll see what happens
1: i don't want it to happen does that make sense like, <laughs> yes.
0: like, like, yeah, yeah, because
1: yeah, I, I just if because, yeah, a hundred percent, there is a very good possibility, or at least I can foresee a future where Oregon, after that Stanford game, all of a sudden goes in and this Cal team is ready for them, and then they lose that. And like, you go from the highest of highs where you just need a little, like, oh, first down to be able to beat stanford and and launch into the stratosphere of the pac-12 championship and then all of a sudden you've got two losses in your own division two weeks later i just i feel like oregon's too good of a football team to wish that upon them but i guess uh, i mean i i definitely think that that is a good possibility that that happens
0: yeah i like like i said i almost wish this game was even just three and a half just make it three and a half so that oregon can get out of there and survive with a 3 point win and I still win the bet because i this Mario Cristobal and stuff is fun uh and and yet this is just a ripe ripe spot to get slipped up
1: slipped um up. and well then of course the other side of that is uh Oregon loses two straight but then beats Washington
0: right which is if 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 Cal wins this then i will like go ahead and just like preemptively mark me down for Oregon uh, against Oregon the spread. Taking yes. The, point. Same. Well, now,
2: the way that that could get the most pack 12 is if, you know, Oregon loses three straight and then beats Washington after Washington is forced to play at Oregon on a Friday night in a short week. That would be the most pack 12 scenario. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, all right. So my final pick going to keep it with, uh, keep it with the Homer picks that uh, helped me get back on the right track. NC State minus six against UVA. I think there's a chance the Wolfpack might be a good football team. I, I, I a very like. I believe they are a good football team. They could be a lot better than expected. Now, granted, they have not had the toughest strength of schedule, but. Virginia comes to town after what I'm sure was a, a confidence-building win against the Cardinals, and I, I just I'm going to ride with with Ryan Finley and a, a good set of wide receivers. I don't think NC State is quite clicked into uh, any you know the kind of caliber of a team that's going to give you know Clemson a run for its money, but I I mean who who do you think is definitively better other than Clemson than NC State in that division? So in a in a spot where I feel like we're finally going to be able to learn a lot, and I do think that being able to go on the road to Marshall and win that game uh, like 37-27, something like that. Uh, yeah, man, under a touchdown, let's go. NC State minus six.
2: Well, I mean, you know, NC State's over was one of my preseason win total locks, so you know I'm rooting for it. It's too bad, and I think you said this,
1: Martin. It is too bad we didn't get the West Virginia NC State game.
0: I was about to say it again. I just that's that's a tr- that's the biggest travesty to date that that wasn't a game. We I, I don't know who NC State is. I'm with you. My hunches they're probably pretty good, but I have no idea who they are right now.
1: Ryan Finley threw for 377 yards against Marshall.
0: Such an anon- anonymous possible first round draft pick, a quarterback. Do you, could like, you who who outside <laughs> who outside of the Carolinas like has any opinion on him
2: like, hey. if you ask
0: if, if you ask some like random diehard college football fan in Texas what he thinks of Ryan Finley wh- like would he have an opinion
1: oh he would be oh yeah you mean the uh, you mean the Purdue quarterback <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: back I'm not in the Carolinas and back in April when I wrote my Friday five on the five quarterbacks you will be talking about in the NFL draft this time next year. Finley was one of those five, damn it.
1: Well, I'll, listen, I'll tell you this. They get Virginia this week at home, Boston College next week at home. By the time – then they go bye week, then they're at Clemson. By the time they hit their bye week, we'll have a good idea of where they're at.
0: I'll, Just, I'll, we'll have a decent idea this week. I think Virginia's a, a pretty decent team. Bryce Perkins has been kind of fun to watch, a quarterback. hurling dudes and, and – you know, showing some athleticism, a little bit of uh, uh, what was what was Broncos' big running back, a quarterback at BYU he had. Um, Taysom Hill. Taysom, little, 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 little Taysom Hill in him.
2: Who's, who's now doing the same things for the Saints, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he just comes in once in a while and defenses can't figure out that, hey, that's not Drew Brees. They're running the ball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right, to review, Tom's card, under 54 in Stanford-Notre Dame. TCU minus 10 and a half under 51 and a half for Rutgers, Indiana, Oklahoma state covering the 17 South Carolina plus 1.5 and maybe an on the field lean. If you want to take that one uh, under 61 and a half in ULM, Georgia state under 54 and a half Arkansas state, Georgia Southern, the sunders, uh, Barton's card. It's beefy Colorado minus nine and a half Ole miss plus plus eleven and a half, Florida state minus six and a half. Oklahoma state minus 17. That is lock agreement with Tom uh, BYU plus 17 under 51 in Kentucky, South Carolina, Mississippi state minus seven and a half Southern miss my, plus twenty seven and a half. 27 going up against Auburn Cal plus two and a half chips card, UNC plus 18 on Thursday night, Stanford plus five and a half Ole miss plus 11 That's a lock agreement with Barton under 50 Virginia tech Duke, USC minus three and a half on the road at Arizona, Mississippi state minus seven and a half. Also lock agreement under 75 in West Virginia, Texas tech and NC state minus six. That is, let's see, seven, eight, 15, nine, That is 24 locks.
2: 24 though. Let's go. <laughs> feel like I'm, I feel like I didn't bring enough to the table this week. while only bringing seven.
1: Well, you're defending. You're you're like Tiger on Sunday at the Tour Championship. You're really just defending the lead. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was putting defensively, and uh, you know that was just just what I had to do to win the
2: tournament. I'm wearing a red shirt right now. Go for I it.
0: Try, I tried to defend my lead last week and went oh, hit a quadruple bogey. see if I can bounce bounce back swinging for the fences
1: (laughs) for sure uh he is Barton Simmons you can follow him at Barton Simmons you can follow him at Tom Brunelli you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson Barton will be uh cbs sports hq reporter on site at ohio state penn state cbs sports hq.com or on all of your connected devices tune in for hits from him uh, before and after the game as well as analysis from all of us at different points uh tom Fernelli, remember if it is the promo code kickoff one dollar for your first month of sports line members get access to all of tom's picks and nfl college football and major league My baseball special, and uh and, and i'm just I'm just your podcast host. please subscribe please review please rate gentlemen thank you very much Don't get these locks thank you five star master lock
0: lock it up hey. 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 You, you want these locks. locks i'm i'm living and dying every, every point every cover